0: This is The Visible Hand. My name is Jordi Blanesi-Vidal. My guest today is Mitchell Hoffman, who is an associate professor at the University of Toronto, Rodman School of Management. Today we are going to talk about his paper, Increasing the Demand for Workers with a Criminal Record, which is joined with Zoe Kallen and Will Dobby. The paper was published in 2022 at the Quarterly Journal of Economics. Mitch, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: You start with the stylized fact that firms prefer to hire workers without criminal records are relative to workers with criminal records that are identical in other dimensions. This is, I think, understandable if I'm given the choice between two options that are identical in every way except along one dimension. I will typically prefer the one that is better along this dimension. Why is it a problem that requires some type of public policy to get firms to hire workers with criminal records?
1: I think there are two answers to your question, Jordi. The first is that the amount of penalty is huge. At least that's what's suggested by other studies, is that it's a really large penalty in the application process. And you can see that, it's this is not dispositive, but you can see that in the unemployment rate, that there's just very, very high unemployment rates for people with a criminal background, suggesting that the penalty may be very large. And then the second answer to your question concerns the externality. There's a big externality when people with criminal records don't have jobs because there's research indicating that that predicts reoffending. So, for the first reason, if we, you know, from a human dignity, human fairness perspective, if those if people with a criminal record can't get jobs, that's a big issue. And then, second, from an externality standpoint, it could be big in terms of preventing crime.
0: So, there have been prior to the evidence that you present in this paper other type of like a policies, especially recently, that have tried to uh, address. Uh, with this issue of uh, increasing the employment rate of individuals with criminal records, what have these policies typically consisted of?
1: One of the most popular recent policies is ban the box. And these are policies that are tried in different states, in cities that restrict finding out information on people with a criminal background, either by asking about it or conducting background checks um, sometimes at all, but generally until later in the recruitment process. So the idea is that we're not going to ask you about if you have a criminal record until you're actually there for the job interview, and then you could explain it yourself.
0: Have these policies worked? They seem to... I'm, I am not an
1: expert in um, the economics of crime. I'm a personnel economist, but my read is that they have had mixed effects. There are some that show benefits, others that do not. And one consistent finding from from several studies, both audit and analysis of observational data, is that they may have racially disparate impacts, that they can lead to statistical discrimination against Black Americans.
0: So these are also like type of externalities on Innocent bystanders who happen to have the same type of like demographics as those with criminal records.
1: That there may be statistical discrimination. Yeah. I mean, people of all backgrounds have criminal backgrounds, but yes, it's the, yeah, yeah, if it it can, it it seems to facilitate uh, statistical discrimination potentially. Yeah.
0: So, what is the solution or the type of solutions that you have? Uh, in this paper to try to like uh, encourage employers to hire or at least consider workers with a criminal record. I I guess that we're going to call them from now on WC's because that's the word that use or the acronym that use in the paper and it's much handier (laughs) uh, rather than using like a four word description every time. So what is the solution that you have in mind to increase employment of WC's?
1: So broadly speaking, our paper is about firm side policies that as an outsider to this literature, it seems that there's been a lot of interest in understanding worker side policies. Let's do things to increase the human capital of WCs and let's give them training, counseling, mental health, those sorts of things. And then There are other types of policies like ban the box, which you could think of as firm side, but are kind of taking information away from the process. Our focus in this paper is on firm side policies that may address the underlying concerns that firms may have about hiring workers with the background. So we consider wage subsidies, insurance, different types of screening and then a very simple policy of just providing information about the productivity of people with and without a background. And to, to answer your question, in, in, in some various types of firm side policies.
0: But ban the box would also be a firm side policy, of course. Yes,
1: yes, that's, that's, that's true. I, yeah, so it's, we, we can think of our, our firm side policies as the way, the way we think about it is non-ban the box firm-side policies or 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 firm-side policies that try to address underlying reasons why firms may shy away from WCs.
0: I want to leave uh, to one side for the time being like the, the, the policy on the provision of objective information on the average performance of WCs. Let's leave that uh, to one side. Uh, the other policies that you have mentioned and that uh, you have uh, in the paper are like a weight subsidy, crime and safety insurance, uh, and so on. These type of things are things that make the WCs, let's say, less bad relative to identical non-WCs, right? So if I prefer one option to another, but the second one is cheaper, then obviously like, I may be tempted to go for the second one. Or if there is like something that alleviates the downsides of uh, the second option, I may be more likely to... To go for it. So, from a theoretical perspective, it seems uh, immediate that at least weekly, employers should be more willing to hire the WCs. I, I can see therefore uh, two objectives here. The first one is that uh, maybe you are interested on the elasticities, like by, by how much you need to do these things in order to get like a, you know, an appropriate like sizable response on the part of of firms. And the other is that if you have like um, many of those, as you indeed have uh, in this paper, maybe offering like different uh, baskets of uh, policies allows you to uh, see how employers react, and therefore that is informative about the underlying reasons as to why the WCs are not chosen. Is it like you know this this like dual approach that you have in mind? I would say yes. We care about magnitudes, and we care about underlying reasons. So this is a field experiment that you are going to uh, uh, tell us about in which uh, your partner is an online labor platform. Uh, Can you describe how how the platform works? Uh, That is, what is the process whereby an employer posts a vacancy and ultimately the employer ends up hiring the worker?
1: So it's an online platform, but the work is not online. It's just facilitated by the internet. So people do all types of different jobs on the platform, if you and it's across a range of different industries. So I might use the platform if I want to hire five waiters or waitresses to work at my event, or I want to hire several workers to pack boxes for the day, or I need someone to do transportation. It's primarily short-run jobs, often of one day, but there are some longer-run jobs there there too. And employers post jobs, and then workers have the chance to accept jobs once they're posted, but there's not an interview stage generally or those sorts of other aspects of the hiring process. It's usually workers accept jobs subject to having the right qualifications and skills. And the platform hires workers for those jobs on behalf of the firm's And So
0: I post a vacancy as an employer mm-hmm. and then I am like automatically matched with somebody who meets my uh, my conditions. And that's it, I have to accept that worker. Like, uh, can I not say, no, I don't like this person? Maybe because the person has a, a, a criminal record.
1: Prior to our study, people with, a criminal record where where I'm generally screened out, provided that it was a recent criminal conviction, am recent enough criminal conviction or criminal offense and of a significant enough nature. So prior to our study, there was no opportunity to hire WCs. Um, and what the study consists of is is asking firms about their interest in working with WCs. Coming back to the first part of your question, so firms can cancel once a worker has accepted, but there is a fee for canceling. Um, so it's not super common for firms to cancel once someone has accepted their job. Um, and yeah, prior prior to our study, there, there there was not an opportunity to work with WCs.
0: So why is it that WCs were not Uh, offer to employers in the platform prior to your involvement?
1: This is very common across many gig economy firms, from Uber and Lyft to different types of platforms that they do criminal background checks. People who don't pass the criminal background check are not allowed to be on the platform, which I think is um, deeply unfair.
0: But this is part of the huge penalty that you were referring to at the beginning of our conversation.
1: Yes, and in, and in some sense, this is a more extreme version of that because it's essentially automatic. That it's not like, oh, I send in my resume and they see I have a criminal background, but I've done a hundred other things and they can see me. It's just I'm automatically screened out.
0: What is the experiment that you run in this platform? Could you describe? the steps of the experiment that they uh, uh, allow you to offer these options uh, to firms and see how in an incentive compatible way they make their choices about what they need in order to be willing to employ these WCs. Yes.
1: Yeah, so the, the platform conducts the experiment where they reach out to the businesses on the platform and they ask, Hypothetical questions, which may affect whether firms can work with people with a criminal record. So we build on other papers in the field experiment literature where you ask questions that may affect what actually happens to subjects. So when the platform does this, they reach out in early 2020 to firms on the platform and explain that they're considering expanding the pool of workers who perform the jobs that they can post and they want your guidance. Um, They don't mention anything about um, WCs in the initial outreach. And then once people start doing the survey experiment, then they're asked various questions about, would you be willing to have workers with a criminal record included in your pool under different conditions. And they're told truthfully, um, if you indicate that you're interested in um, connecting with workers with a criminal record, then and only then, your, your your choice could affect whether these workers are able to accept the jobs you post.
0: So, so the first part uh, consists on randomizing uh, to these potential employers. Uh, on whether there is a wage subsidy, uh, like a monetary compensation for uh, hiring these workers. Uh, Why do you do that and how does this work?
1: So wage subsidies are a very common policy that the U.S. and I believe other countries use, though I'm actually not sure about other countries, but I know that the U.S. does for hiring workers for the record and it's a commonly discussed policy as as economists it's one of the first things that one might think about given the externality involved with people with a record not having jobs and um so people are randomized to different levels of wage subsidy and um yeah the um in the u.s There's a tax credit that's available to people who hire WCs. Um, So this you could think of as broadly corresponding to that.
0: You randomize these businesses that have answered your email uh, about telling you whether they're willing to hire workers uh, on, on five categories. Like no subsidy, you just ask them, are you willing to hire WCs? Or are you willing to hire WCs if we pay 10% of their wages? Or are you willing to hire WCs if we pay 25 or 50 or 100% of the wages? Yes. And then you see what is the different likelihood of willingness uh, to, to hire these WCs. That's exactly right. I want to go, uh, we will go later to, to the, the, the second uh, set of uh, conditions or policies or adjustments that you, or incentives that you offer these firms. But I want to go back to um, just focusing on this, like a very simple uh, initial part of the experiment on what you mean by incentive compatible. could you describe why this uh, experiment is, what does incentive compatible mean and why this uh, experiment is incentive compatible?
1: Incentive compatible to me means that people have the right incentive to answer truthfully, that people are going to answer their true responses. And um, like others in the literature, we ask potential questions that may affect whether you um, have the opportunity to uh, work with WCs in the future. So we think it's very natural that firms when they're given these questions and they're uh, messaged by the platform and they're you know it's this this is what the platform wanted to do to understand the interest of their firms and working with people with a criminal record.
0: So the way that I have seen this like incentive compatible notion in like a lab experience or field experience in the past, I don't know who invented this, but it's broadly speaking, correct me if I'm wrong, something on these lines. So we provide you a set of scenarios. Uh, We ask you what you will do in each of these scenarios. For instance, I don't know, will you hire WC or not under 0 or under 10 or under 25 or under whatever? And then we tell you that we're going to implement one of these scenarios with a certain probability. And then that's what we do. You know, like we have your answers to all these scenarios, but only one is going to happen um, for sure. Only one is going to happen. And that's probabilistically. Now here in the questions that you asked them about uh, the wage subsidies, one thing that I was wondering is, will the firm actually provide these uh, subsidies with a certain probability to, for the hiring of these workers?
1: the 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 mechanism is a little bit vaguer than the one that you describe so the mechanism you describe is the strategy method which is often used in experimental economics and this is broadly akin to that but just the exact assignment and probabilities are not specified
0: so this is something along the lines of but this actually didn't happen in practice like like the firm did not subsidize this so what you are like Appealing is to the notion that there is some type of like underlying expectation among the firms that if I respond in one way or another, that may have an influence on the platform-wide policy that will be uh, changed or specifically changed for me with, you know, certain undescribed, you know, as you said, vague probability. That's the idea here.
1: Yes, and in fact, ex-post, people who were in the no-subsidy condition did, in fact, uh, some of them have a chance to work with WCs as a result of their answers. As a result of the experiment, one thing that we'll discuss, I'm sure, later is that the wage subsidies are, are, are not very effective at boosting demand. So um, the platform was much more interested in non-wage policies as opposed to wage policies.
0: So maybe this is a good moment to talk about this. Can you tell us, broadly speaking, what is the the proportion uh, of employees that are willing to hire WCs at zero subsidy and higher levels of subsidy?
1: Yes. So at no subsidy, 39% of businesses are willing to work with WCs, and it gradually increases as you increase the level of the subsidy. But even with hundred percent subsidy, only fifty-four percent of firms are willing to work with WCs. So there's there's really um, on one level we think this is especially the no subsidy is striking in that um, this is of strong interest to lots of businesses who haven't had the chance before to work with WCs, and that's you know going from zero to thirty-nine percent is very important on the other hand the subsidies are a little bit disappointing in that it's obviously very expensive and that even under a hundred percent subsidy there are a lot of firms that are not interested in working with WCs
0: okay so after you finish this like initial uh, uh question you offered the panoply of like uh, additional potential policies or, or potentially inducements to hard WCs Uh, What are those?
1: So we consider a range of different policies and um, one of them is crime and safety insurance. Another one is job history screening. And another one is limited record screening. Um, So um, the Job history screening would be screening based on um, if you've satisfactorily completed a certain number of jobs. Um, and you can all, we, there, there was also a policy that screened based on the nature of the offense. So to see if firms are more or less interested in WCs based on if they could have WCs of a certain type. You know, w- whether it's a violent versus a nonviolent offense or a felony versus a misdemeanor. And then among the nonviolence, you know, is it a property, drug related, those those sorts of
0: things? So let's maybe start with the uh, screening based on criminal record history. Mm-hmm. Uh, the platform randomizes in telling the uh, the the potential employers. This person is a WC, but has had a clean record for one year. Would you be willing to hire them? Or three years? Would you be willing to hire them? Or mm-hmm. seven years? Would you be willing to hire? Them? That that's that's the randomization? and then yeah, we see how they respond with the different willingness depending on, um, you know, on whether they have been provided with additional information or not what do That's you right. find what do you find with respect specifically to uh, this screening based on uh, the criminal record history
1: right right so there's there's the performance history on the platform which is whether someone has successfully completed one five or, or twenty five jobs and then there's based on how long it has been um, as you said um, one three or seven you find you know a very Um, strong effect of having people not have having one one year clean um, that um, that really substantially boosts demand and uh, we we find for 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 actually several of the non wage policies the crime and safety insurance the job history screening the the limited record screening that all three of those substantially boost demand to numbers, you know, you get, you know, some 50 something percent of firms interested in working with WCs under those conditions relative to 39% in the baseline.
0: So, so screening based on criminal record history, if we tell you that this person hasn't had uh, has a clean record for one year, Instead of 39, you are willing to hire them, in you know, or, or 60% of firms are willing to hire them. So that's like a, a significant a significant increase, which will be higher than subsidizing like 100% of the of the weights. Uh, exactly. We have mentioned this like a screening on performance history. Can you describe how this works in practice? What type of information is provided? Uh, to the firms, how is it that the firm can screen on performance history when WCs are not allowed on the platform prior to your prior to involvement? And lastly, can you mention what is the additional percentage uh, by which firms are willing to hire these WCs if we tell them that they have performed satisfactorily in the past?
1: Yeah, so um, the way that it would work is, for example, the platform might hire people with a criminal record to some starter jobs, maybe working for the platform directly, and then they could allow businesses, once the WCs have performed those jobs, to know, hey, these people have done a great job on um, these jobs already, are, are you interested in, in working with them? So there's a paper by Amanda Palace in the AER that shows that randomly hiring people for one job um, substantially increases their demand in general. Our result is consistent with that, that if you just hire people if If firms have the opportunity to do this job history screening that um in our no wage subsidy condition, that boosts demand from thirty nine to fifty percent um and that average over all the different wage subsidy levels, um it boosts demand from thirty nine to fifty three percent. yeah. so so it's a pretty substantial effect.
0: this is just having performed satisfactorily in a single, typically very short-term job, right?
1: That's right. Yeah.
0: What about the crime and safety insurance? How does that work? What do you find with respect to that?
1: So firms are asked for their demand in hiring WCs under different levels of insurance, that insurance would be for Five thousand one hundred thousand or five million, and um, just the lower level of insurance boosts demand from thirty nine to fifty one percent among the firms that don't have a wage subsidy you know um, actually buy by, by the same amount on on average in the full sample.
0: Uh, so I have a, a, a few questions about this, uh, this type of offer. Again, this is something that is uh, perceived as hypothetical by the firms, but will be offered or not offered um, by the actual platform in the future. How is it presented uh, to the firms? Is it it like, we, the platform, will give you $5,000 if uh, the WC that we are sending to you takes some of your merchandise home and, and steals it? Is it the way that this is presented? or
1: So the way it's presented is if the platform could cover damages up to some cap related to theft or safety incurred by WCs, would you permit such workers to perform the jobs that you post? So it's the question that's asked to the firms doesn't specify all the details of an insurance contract. But specifies they could be damages related to theft or safety
0: so this is what you mentioned at the beginning is equivalent to like a federal or state subsidy that is being provided in the us uh, for the hiring of this Um, so the platform will be just in this case i least with a five thousand dollar option i know that there are others that go up to higher higher values but at least with the five thousand dollar the platform will be just duplicating something that the employers could get by themselves right um so how is it that this has an effect when in the baseline the employers always know that you i can always get insurance uh, from the federal government for $5000 for this wc
1: i think that's a great question jordi and i think so there as you're referring to the us federal bonding program where they offer an insurance bond of five thousand dollars to provide insurance against rel- uh, liability for relatively less serious crimes, and the fact that the crime and safety insurance policy has a substantial effect suggests there. I mean, it's definitely not dispositive, but it's consistent with the idea that you know maybe there's an an, an information friction that. Is going on with respect to the federal bonding program. Maybe people don't know about it. And that this type of policy of insuring could be really useful if it was rolled out at larger scale and made more informationally available to firms.
0: But the other question that I had uh, with respect to this uh, offering of crime and safety insurance is that uh, in the initial question that you ask uh, the workers about Would you be willing to hire wcs and so on and so forth like a couple of screens before uh there is this like a you know like a small letter there that that says these individuals will be at most five percent of the pool of potential matches yes Uh, to me that kind of feels a little bit important uh because it is suggesting that Already prior to this offering of uh, crime and safety insurance, the platform is offering certain amount of insurance by minimizing the risk that the WCs turn out to be terrible. Like, you know, if I if I say yes, well, I might end up once in a while with a WC, but I know that I'm not going to be uh, flooded, you know, with uh, all my new workers uh, being WCs, in which case, if it turns out that these Category of workers are terrible. Uh, I have like an enormous shock uh, on my firm. Like you know, like by, by minimizing the numbers, I am already um, lowering the risk as as, an, as a potential employer, and that may make me a little bit more um, open, you know, to the uh, additional set of inducements that that you offer later on.
1: Yes, as you said, the the purpose of the five percent is just to clarify that this is not going to be a situation where you're like one of those companies that specialize in workers with a record, that there are that you know, on a significant number of of businesses, whether they're a moving company or a restaurant where almost all the workers are WCs. And it's just to clarify for firms that you are not having that.
0: So the other thing that you mentioned uh, is that uh, in talking about the screening based on the criminal record, in addition to the history in terms of like how long was it that that criminal record took place, you say we can offer the firms information on the actual nature uh, of of this uh, criminal act. Uh, for instance, we can say, well, was it like a, uh, a violent felony? Was it like a drug-related type of a, um, you know, more minor misdemeanor or something? So there, obviously, you find, you know, what I will, you know, and uh, all of us will have predicted, which is that the more serious offense, the lower the willingness to employ uh, those workers. But my question would be, is this something that, in principle, the firms could offer? Could find out by themselves? Like if they are reluctant to uh, employ WCs, just in general. I'm not talking here about this platform, but just you know, in the in the open market, if yeah. they are reluctant, you know, they are going to be also reluctant. Specifically, depending on the nature of that criminal record, right?
1: Absolutely. I mean, it's it's definitely true that in a traditional hiring environment, you could look up an individual's offense and make a decision specific to the individual. But there are more and more gig economy jobs where they do some type of criminal background screening, or it's more of an automatic thing. So it's super policy relevant to understand under what conditions firms are willing to work with WCs. And I definitely agree with you that the results are not Massively unexpected, but we we were not necessarily expecting that there was gonna be a really high demand for workers with drug-related offenses. That there's much higher or not much higher, but there's higher demand for people with drug-related offenses than property or financial crimes. And um this wasn't obvious at all. You know, there are a lot of beliefs about people who have drug offenses, you know, stereotypes, concerns that employers have, and there's just much higher demand for people with drug related offenses. So it it suggests that, you know, that in particular, that um screening out people with drug related offenses may be causing people with those defenses to really miss out on opportunities because the firms would be very interested in working with those people.
0: So you have a a last uh, part of the experiment which consists on providing objective performance information uh, just like about the uh, average performance of WCs and non-WCs to these employers. How does this work?
1: As a result um, prior to the experiment there are a small set of workers with a background who work jobs on the platform. And um, you know these are people who may have done a job before they were background tested. And what we do is we randomly provide information about the performance of WCs to firms. And we think this is interesting because uh, there's a large literature on statistical discrimination in economics where people statistically discriminate based on beliefs about the productivity of Group A or Group B. But there is a recent discussion about inaccurate statistical discrimination that people may statistically discriminate based off of inaccurate information. And what I really like about this part of the experiment is that it provides an opportunity for directly studying the issue of potentially inaccurate statistical discrimination. So firms have their beliefs about the productivity of WCs measured, so we can observe their beliefs. And then the platform provides this information about The share of people who have five stars or who have one or two stars in terms of their performance, and we can see how that affects their interest in working with WCs.
0: The platform tells the the, the potential employers an average person in non-WC gets like a five-star rating in eighty-six percent of cases. What do you think uh, is the percentage of WCs that get? a five-star rating. Actually, can you tell us what is the truth and what do uh, employers on average answer?
1: Yeah. So there's, there's a lot of heterogeneity in employer responses. The truth is 87%. So it's almost so the a exact- A little bit higher. But more or less the exact same number, more, more or less. And there are in the prior, there is a significant number of firms that believe that the truth is roughly the same. But there's also a substantial mass that believe that people with a record are um, have have lower performance. There's a lot of people who think it's you know in the 70s, you know, at a or or even 50s, 40s, at a much lower number. So as a result of providing this information, you increase the posterior by almost um seven percentage points so you really lead to a sizable increase in the average belief
0: does it does it actually match the truth that is does, if you you know if i told you well it's seventy five percent, and now as part of the experiment i end up in the treatment group uh, which means that you as a platform tell me actually the truth is 87 now you ask me again, what do you think is the percentage? I mean, shouldn't I say 87? You have just told me the answer, right? Why should I say something? You know, I, I should convert, but I should not just convert, but answer the truth because I'm, you know, answering the exact information that you just gave me.
1: Yes, and and mo- there, there there's a very large share of people who do exactly what you said, Jordi, who... Um, Change, if you look at the histograms of the posterior beliefs, they show a large lumping at eighty seven percent. But there are even after information treatment, there is a sizable number of firms who still have slightly different beliefs, but it's 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 mostly as you say.
0: What do you find then that is the uh, effect of providing uh, information on the truth uh, to these? And potential employers on their willingness uh, to hire WCs.
1: So it leads to a substantial effect. We we estimate the effects uh, using this methodology by Cullen and Perez Truglia and others who have studied this, where you look at changes to beliefs. So you exploit the fact that you know Jordy might have underbeliefs and Mitch has overbeliefs. So the experiment might affect us differently. The main IV results show that the elasticity of hiring for high performance beliefs about WCs is 0.8. So it means that a 10% increase in managers' beliefs about WC performance leads to an 8 percentage point increase in willingness to work with WCs. Um, So we think of this as, as pretty substantial the 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 IV estimates imply that on average if you provided objective information about uh, the share of high, high performance ratings that this would increase the share of firms willing to hire WCS by about six percentage points
0: so it seems that uh, you are kind of or the platform is spoiled for choice in the you know in the ability to choose different type of mechanisms uh, to encourage employers to hire WCS because, almost everything works out other than, you know, maybe the weight subsidies that also work out, even though they are like kind of expensive uh, and don't increase the willingness that much, but almost every single one of these, like provision of information, uh, insurance, um, uh, provision of information about both uh, uh, criminal history and about performance, everything seems to work out. What did the platform actually do?
1: So there was a lot of excitement as a result of the experiment. So the platform opened up opportunities to hire WCs and um did so while while, while offering some crime and um, safety insurance. Yeah, that um that we we're very excited about as as researchers that um you know, through the collaboration that there was real world effects of the intervention, that it's something that is helping people with WCs find jobs. And that's um, of of great personal satisfaction to us. And that the rollout is broadly consistent with the results of the experiment, that wage subsidies are not being used, that those did not seem effective but the insurance which was um effective and also seemed much more cost effective that that's being part of the
0: rollout so you have at the very end like a discussion of external validity uh, so throughout you talk about what is the type of business that the platform has the type of jobs how they compare to other businesses from service and so on um, so I don't I'm not like really very concerned about that. Uh, the main question that I have with respect to external validity is in terms of how one will go about implementing these things outside of this platform environment. So so to be clear, you know, your 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 effects if you want to like uh, on welfare are real. And when you are say that you are satisfied about having affected the lives of certain people, that's you know. Of course, um, um that's that's of course true. But if we were thinking of, say, scaling up you know the the lessons from here uh, to like a you know to 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 say an economy wide type of environment, I think that we might run into some obstacles because so the the platform here is a very like a um centralized environment uh, in which The economies of scale on the uh, information or administrative cost of doing these interventions uh, can be accomplished. For instance, providing performance information is possible here because the platform already has that information at zero cost, at least for some subset of workers. Getting insurance is possible because the platform maybe can negotiate with an insurance company or can find out you know, can bear the cognitive administrative cost of thinking about all that, as you were saying, there are firms that are not uh, taking advantage of these like federal subsidies. Maybe they're unaware of them. Maybe, you know, it's just a pain to deal with all this. Um, You know, how, how how will one go about like taking the lessons from here and saying, let the state pass certain law that uh, you know, incorret takes the lessons that we have learned here and tries to encourage the employment of WCs in a more general environment.
1: That's a great question, Jordi. and I think the answer is we don't know. I think the points you raise are very well founded, and that absolutely that um and i i i really hope that there is more research done along these lines and it's not i mean there there are many dimensions the ones you raise another also is the duration of the job that i might be willing to work with a wc for a short job under certain conditions but if it's a full-time employment that lasts a long time that i might be more concerned and i might um and it also could vary you know this our our results are in the US context where there's less employment protection maybe in a context where there's lots of employment c- protection where it's harder to part ways if the job is not working out that people would be more conservative and these types of policies might be less effective so we absolutely are are sympathetic to those concerns and we hope to see more research on, on different types of firm-side policies for addressing um, WC employment in, in other contexts.
0: Okay, thank you, Mitch, for coming to, to the podcast. Thank you so
1: much for the opportunity to chat with you today, Jordi.
0: Please visit our website, thevisiblehand.uk, introductory music and logo by Italian Laneciso. episode produced by Anderson Tan.